there. Welcome to Innovators in Education podcast, where we showcase educators from all over the country who, through their use of innovative technology, have not only excelled in their schools and school districts, but are making a real change in their communities. I'm Pat Bhava, your host, and also the founder of Pick My Kid, where we believe in empowering schools with cost-effective school safety solutions so they can focus on what really matters, teaching and learning. Stick around till the end of the show and I will tell you how you too can be a guest on our show. So without much ado, let's dive right in. Hi, Todd. Uh, thank you very much for joining uh, Innovators in Education podcast today. Hey, listeners, we got an exciting episode today uh, and we look forward to chatting with Todd and sharing some more uh, awesome trips, techniques and uh, anything else which he wants to share with us. So we're really excited to welcome Todd Nesloni. Uh, Todd is uh, the Director of Culture and Strategic Leadership for Texas Elementary Principals and Supervisors Association. It's a mouthful. Yes. Uh, we're glad to have you on board. And uh, he not only is an accomplished speaker and a published author and who's done awesome things in EdTech, he is a powerhouse in, in the Texas community. Uh, but without stealing much of his thunder. I would just want to turn the tables over to you, Todd, if you want to go ahead and give a brief intro and then we'll dive right in. Yeah. So first of all, thank you so much for having me here. I'm super excited to chat today. Um, yeah, I've had the unique pleasure of serving as an instructional aide, a teacher, a principal, and now I get to work as the director of culture and strategic leadership. Um, I've written five books and a children's book. I'm the director of the conference series Lead On. I've got two twin boys at home with me and my wife who are 14 months old. Um, so yeah, I've got a lot going on. You have your hands full. <laughs> Very much so. Awesome. First off, what is it about K-12 that made you dedicate your life to it? I mean, you're a career K-12 you know, uh, uh, professional. So you want to touch about you know, the passion which really drives you to do what you do today? Yeah, you know, I never envisioned myself becoming a teacher when I was growing up. I knew I wanted to work with kids because I had a, a really strong passion for impacting the lives of kids and just making sure they had an adult in their life. And for a while, I thought that was going to be social services um, until I realized the amount of emotional work that goes into social services. And I just I couldn't separate the work from my heart. And so. I, I was like, maybe teaching is the path for me. And I got started and I loved teaching so much. Um, and I'm also a firm believer that as we go through life, our passions change and that's okay. Um, and it doesn't mean that we love anything less. And so even though I stepped out of the classroom to try some other things like principalship, director, and now all these other things I'm doing, you know, my heart is always going to be in teaching. I love K-12. I love public schools. I love working with anybody who's pouring into kids daily. And now my work is me working with adults daily as well. It's my new type of classroom. Um, but yeah, education's always at the core of what I do. Awesome. And, and I would be amiss if I don't mention you've been principal of the year, teacher of the year, you won several leadership awards, you know, top 40 educators in, you know, in, in the country and top 20 to watch and all the other cool stuff you, that you won along the way. And it, I'm sure it's not possible without the passion and the dedication you bring to the job every single day. So, uh, so tell me some of the secrets to 
how you do it all and, and, and write five books and father of two twin children as well. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's been a learning process for sure. As I've tried to have to figure out what balance looks like for me and putting a lot of things in place to do that. But when I talk to people and they're like, Oh my gosh, like, how'd you do this? How'd you do this? And I, I remind them I'm no better than any other educator out there. Like I work with people on the daily who I'm like, Oh my God, your stuff is amazing. Why do people not know about it? I really feel like the the one of the bigger difference makers in my career trajectory is that I was always on social media sharing the things we were doing in my classroom, sharing the things we were doing at my school, and that allows sometimes the right people to see it. And so a lot of it's just putting yourself out there and not in a way that you're hoping others will see, but just in a way that for me, it was all about documentation. Like I just want something out there that I can go back and, and scroll through and see all the stuff I did. Um, and then it was just... It, it opened up so many doors and allowed me to collaborate and connect with so many people that that's really what impacted my students um, and my classroom and my school was just the opportunities we were given just by me using social media to tell our stories. Oh, awesome. Um, and bringing it back to what we are all about, right? You know, a couple of things you mentioned, I, I want to bring it up. You know, uh, there are pockets of excellence in K-12 today and, and people are doing awesome job like yourself. And the mission for us and in innovators, make, uh, you know, in, in technology, in, uh, uh, the podcast spe specifically, what yeah. we go about is to shine a light on people like yourself and give you the megaphone so you can, uh, you know, uh, you can be the source of inspiration for millions of others who want to be in your shoes, right? <laughs> so, so if I come back to what would be really all about is uh, how do we use technology in innovative ways to amplify impact, right? Um, and if I may, if I may, you know, put you on the uh, in the hot seat here, and how have you used technology effectively to to really amplify the change and the passion you bring to K twelve? Yeah, you know, I, I'm all about always trying to be on the cutting edge. I want to be different. I want to be trying new things. I want to be taking risks. I want to be dealing with failure and using that failure to push me along to be better. And so a lot of that was me getting pushed by my assistant superintendent at the time to be on social media, to share out your stuff. And, and I still struggle today with an imposter syndrome type thing, because I think that's why so many educators are not sharing the great work they're doing on social media platforms is they don't feel like it's as good as others or it's already been shared or this or that. And what I have to remind people is just like with our students, we could hear it a hundred times, but when we hear it from this person, that's when it finally sticks. And we're all in this career because we're doing fantastic things. And so me, it was just a matter of making sure that I'm allowing others to learn alongside of me, um, not in a way where it's about building my ego, but it's a way that just where we make each other better. Um, and I always tell people now, you know, even if you work in a school where you work with the most amazing people, they're still their ideas are only limited to those four walls. And so the more we can break down those walls and, and gain ideas and resources from others, the better. And social media is free. So that's even better, too. It's a free tool that allows us to not only share the great work we're doing, but to connect with others who are doing great work and then end up gaining ideas from them, building relationships with them. Um, so much of what I've done is not a reflection of me, but it's a reflection of the partnerships I've built with others or, or what others have seen me trying to do. I, I, I couldn't echo your sentiment more and more so because I actually had a sneak peek of your web. And for the listeners out there, you know, I strongly encourage, please visit Todd's website. Uh, and, and you want to give out the URL? 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's super easy. It's my name, toddnesloney.com. And if you don't know how to spell it, you can Google it as best way you can, and it'll come up because there's not anybody yeah. else that, with that name. So it's super easy to find. Thank you for sharing that. And, and where I'm going with that is I had some, uh, you know, I, had, I was you know, geeking out on your website a little bit. And, and I think one of the videos there which embodies what you just said is, is the story, the, the, the nice like, production you have around how the book uh, stories from web came about. And when you empowered everybody in your team to tell stories about their everyday life, right? You know, I, I, I listened to it. I'm like, that is awesome what you've done. Uh, you, you've given a microphone to the small team you have in your school and, and encourage them to tell the stories, which was really impactful. It became a book and I'm sure uh, thousands enjoyed that and, and millions more are watching it through that and, and getting inspired, right? So tell me how that idea came about. I was really intrigued when I saw that and I'm like, that is awesome. Yeah, you know, out of everything I've done as an author, that's definitely my proudest work still to this day. Um, and just for the simple fact that I wrote Kids Deserve It, it was super successful. My publisher kept asking me what I was going to write next. And I said, I have no idea. And so I was sitting in a staff meeting, listening to some teachers share some ideas they were doing. And I thought, wow, these are so good. But nobody knows about it because y'all aren't on social media. And then this reminder hit me that my good friend, Jimmy Casas, told me when I was becoming a principal and as I was getting some notoriety on social media, he said, Todd, no matter how big you get, remember to always amplify the voices of others louder than you amplify your own. And that has just stuck with me throughout my entire career. And I thought, goodness, how many educators sit in their classroom and don't feel like they're as good as others when they are? And so I said, I want to write a book where I like, and I have my whole team all share different stories. Some of it's personal, some of it's educational and just allow them an opportunity to see that their stories matter too, because the reality is every story matters. And, and that was kind of the whole precipice behind the book. My publisher loved the idea. And then it was a matter of convincing my team <laughs> to join in with me because they were all super nervous um, because many of them have never written anything for somebody else to read. And I was like, we have an editor, I'm going to help you like all this stuff. But when the book came out, it was so much more than what I had even envisioned at the beginning. And it's just, it's, it still is my proudest work today. And, and the one that I get the most comments about from the public at large, just how much it means to them to see all of these stories from people they've never heard of that have no social media following, that have no um, best-selling books or, or anything like that. But it, it encourages them to go, wow, I can share my stuff too. And that was kind of the idea behind it. And one of the things which really jumped out when you said is, you know, as I was reading through and a couple of your TED Talks as well is that, you know, you're a huge believer in the power of stories to instigate change, right? Um, yes. You want to you want to talk about why that's such a powerful medium? Why why stories? Why not data and facts and figures? And yeah, stuff? you know, I've never been a guy who wanted to talk research with someone else. Or, I mean, I, I love the idea of research and the things that we gain from it and that make our, ourselves better as humans, but also as educators and things like that. But I know for me, when, when I started speaking, I thought, you know, what kind of speaker am I? What am I gonna talk about? What, what do I have that's better than someone else? And I got really good advice that was, don't try to be anybody else, be you. 
and and speak as someone who you would want to listen to. And when I reflected on that, I was like, I love to hear people tell stories. Like I like real life examples, things that somebody that I know actually tried, like things like that. And so when I started getting out there and sharing, I realized, oh, when you tell stories, you've got to learn how to be vulnerable and you've got to share deep pieces of you. And I really had to lean into that side of storytelling. And, you know, anybody who hears me speak now knows that I'm probably going to make you cry at some point um, during my keynote or my workshops or things, because I believe that when you reach people's hearts, and you let them see you're a real person who has real struggles and real trials, just like everybody else, that then getting to the educational side of things is much easier because they trust you. We trust people who we feel like we've gotten to know. And so I, I've always been one that whether it's social media or in person, I want to be real. I want to be my whole self. I want to be vulnerable and it's not easy and I'm still learning how to do it better every day. Um, but it's, it's been close to my heart from the start. Yeah, no, no, uh, for sure. Um, so when, when we had the, uh, the, the show notes, you know, the pre-call, uh, you, you wrote a statement there, you know, uh, I love to be my authentic self and, you know, make people the best. I'm like, here we go again, another cliche statement. And, and until I actually spend time and doing the research and, uh-huh. you know, uh, and it connects the dots to what you just said, you know, being vulnerable, being your authentic self, and you are, you're living that statement. And then uh, it just clicked on me. Yeah, I, I uh, you know, changing cues here a little bit, but uh, I, I happened to watch your uh, 30 minute uh, storytelling about your mom and your relationship. It was so powerful. It was so... You know, uh, and and it and you told it in a very uh, you know in a manner which you connect with your audience. Like that was authentic. That was relatable. Uh, that was a great story which everybody would would relate to. At the right. same time, you had a very powerful message. And so uh, when I came back to that statement, I said, "Oh, he did mean it, and that was real, <laughs> right?" So so. How did you discover the path and, and is it, it, does it come naturally to you? Or I know you, you, you played down saying, oh, I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. I think you're doing a great job in that and really putting yourself out there. Uh, yeah. Any, any tips for our yeah. listeners who are listening and who, who, who feel a little intimidated by that, by that process? How do you break yeah. it down for them? So, you know, what I, what I tell people often when, when they uh, hear me speak is that what a lot of people don't realize about me is that I'm actually an extreme introvert. And so, uh, and it's funny because my entire career is built around interacting with others and being on a stage in front of others. Um, but I often tell people that that's the whole point of education is that we're like used car salesmen. And if we want people to, to, buy into what we're selling, whether it's our kids buying into the lesson we're trying to get them to do, or the adults buying into the ideas I'm trying to come across. I have to be engaging. I have to be exciting. I have to be real. And so though those things are not um, easy for me at the start, I have to lean into them, which means that for me as an introvert, when I'm done, I have to have things in place that allow me time alone or quiet time to refuel myself. Um, But as far as you know, I don't know that it has ever come easier for me. I feel like I have to relearn every single time how to be vulnerable because when you are vulnerable and you do show up as your authentic self, um, negative feedback or opinions hit a little deeper than when you're not being your authentic self. And so knowing that 
adds a different layer of uncomfortableness or fear because what if somebody misinterprets what I say or it sets them off the wrong way and and now they're upset with me and that is the core of who I am. And so now they're upset with my core and, and then I begin to spiral and all these other things. But um, I, I, in the end, I have to remember that I'm not here to please or impact everyone. I'm here to impact at least one. And I think as long as I keep that my mindset and that it's not a numbers game of, did I hit a hundred this week or did I hit two or it's just a, did I hit the one? Am I, I'm working to inspire the one. And, and if I keep my focus on that, it keeps me grounded. It keeps me leveled and it keeps me focused on, on, on my goals. Awesome. That's really a powerful, like focus on the one, don't focus on a hundred and, and, and keep chipping away at it. And, and yes, awesome. Great takeaways. Um, so I want to, you know, uh, bring back on this one initiative, which, which, you know, one of your proudest, which you mentioned, you know, and, and, you have a TED talk around it. Uh, if you want to share that story behind how that came about of, you know, you wanted to impact a change in your community at scale. And, and, and the first time you tried, you failed. And, and again, you're vulnerable about that and you share that and, and you analyze why it failed. And then you come out really successful in there and then you make a bigger change than you ever anticipated. Right. So that was a powerful story when I, when I, when I, when I heard about it. And, and if you don't mind, you know, just, Go ahead, give our listeners yeah. something so they can bite into it. And if they're thinking about change and how they go through the learning and how they, you know, come out of the other end, very powerful and strong. Yeah, you know, as a school administrator, I really wanted to make sure I was walking the talk and letting my team see that I was taking risks too, and that sometimes my risks did not work out. And so we had bought into this nationally based program called the Watchdogs, which seeks to get men involved in schools. We had a huge kickoff event. I had about 800 students at my school. I talked to every single classroom, sent out flyers, a text message, all this stuff to get the men in their lives to show up for this watchdog kickoff. We had bought like 30 something pizzas. We were so excited. And we had two men show up. And it was so <laughs> discouraging. And I, all I could think was, I said to my assistant principal, and I was like, that was such a failure. Like, this is one of my major goals this year. And that like bombed hard. And so when I was reaching out to some other guys that I have in my circle from around the country who are administrators, one of them made a really good point. And he said, well, think about the community you're in. He said, does that play a part at all in why people aren't showing up when you ask them to volunteer at an event? And I thought, oh, yeah, well, Watchdogs is all about volunteering. They all probably knew and they probably didn't want to be showing up to be told one more thing to be a part of. And I thought, well, I know through research, funny enough, the importance of a male role model in a child's life. And, and in saying that, it doesn't, it doesn't negate the impact of the females in the child's life, but just being very specific about the male role model, I knew how important that was. And I knew in the community that I was serving, um, the traditional view of a father was not always present. And growing up in a home similar to that, I was deeply connected to the kids like that. And so I said, you know what, instead of doing this watchdogs, instead of trying to find an event that gets men involved by being volunteers, why don't we just stop and just celebrate the men who already show up? Like, let's have an event just to say, thank you. 
like no ulterior motives, nothing. And so we got a caterer, we got books from Scholastic, we had these activities planned. And I was hoping for like my, I was dreaming big with a goal of like a hundred because you know, from two to a hundred would be a pretty big increase. So we sent out all these RSVP flyers, hoping to get to a hundred because um, we were going to get a caterer. Well, 635 RSVPs later, we had to change the caterer because we couldn't afford that type of meal anymore. We had to go a little bit cheaper, um, but we had to change all these things. And we had about 600 show up and, and we did that for four years that I was there. And we had over 500 every single year, um, just men, whether it was their children's minister, their neighbor down the street, their grandfather, their brother, whoever is in their life that is a man that shows up for them, they could bring them. And it was such a powerful thing. I will never forget when they all showed up and I walked in front of them to welcome them. And I will never forget that image of all those men across the room who had showed up for kids. And growing up in an environment where that never took place, uh, it made me very emotional just to see that imagery. And, and statistically, that doesn't take place in many elementary schools. Um, and so that was my reminder there that I needed to make a shift. And instead of always asking, asking, asking as an educator, let me stop and just say, let me just thank you just for being here. Like, let me uh, do this event just to thank you for being involved in that kid's life. And, and that tore down so many walls and built so many things up in our community. Um, that, that, that is one of my top two proudest moments as a principal ever is just doing our, we called it dinner with a gentleman. Um, yeah. Doing that event every year, it was just, it was such a great thing. Yeah, and, and I'm sure that had a lot of cascading effects in your community involvement, yes. in your, the way community looked at you, the school, the community as well, uh, the, the school staff. Um, so what were the cascading benefits or, of, of, uh, or the upside of, of actually engaging the community in a level where they uh, are, are willing to participate rather than, you know, as a principal, then I want you here, I want you for this, and I want you for that, and I need this, and I need that. Uh, going down to, you know, where they really want to engage. And, and, yeah. and what were the benefits you saw firsthand? You know, it's one of those things where I came in as a new principal to the community, so they didn't know me. And there's already preconceived notions about what the school itself thinks about parents or families or their communities. And so I really wanted to set a tone of we want to collaborate. We want to work together with you and the community and everybody involved because everybody plays a role. And that's easy to say that. Yeah. Um, but again, we had to walk the talk. And so I wanted families to see that as a school, we're going to do events with no educational point, no ulterior motives, no hidden agendas. We just want to remind you that we're working together. And like I always say, we love your kid more than a butt in a chair or a number on a page. And so kind of making those things. And so it really just led to parents trusting us and parents wanting to be involved. And, you know, from that first dinner with a gentleman, we had one of the dads step up and said, this was the coolest event I've ever been to. He said, I've already called my boss. I have every Thursday off for the rest of the year from 12 to three. And I will be here every single Thursday to do whatever you want me to do. And it's those kind of things that you're like, wow, that would have never happened had we not had the failure, had we not taken this risk. And so it was such a cool thing. That is awesome. Uh, and, and, you know, um, so one other, you know, I, I just wanted to switch gears here and um, you've accomplished so much. You, you've, you've been a you know, powerful thought leader in the ed tech place, uh, ed tech space for other uh, principals. 
and now you're making a difference in the state level. Uh, uh, what what are your hopes and aspirations for the future? Like, you know, mm -hmm. where does Todd wants to go from here? I know you've you've already accomplished so much. Uh, and, and just give us a little peek into, into Todd's brain to understand like, hey, what can we expect from you in the next five yeah. to 10 years? And you know, it's funny you ask that because people always want to know about the future and what your dreams and ideas are. And I'm such a live in the moment guy that I don't know what the next thing is until I'm inspired in the moment. And, and I say that really honestly, because like, I love what I'm doing now. And so if you ask me today, I could see myself doing this the rest of my life. Does that mean that's going to happen? No, because if you would have found me teaching in the classroom on a good day, I would have told you I'm going to be teaching the rest of my life. If you would have found me as a principal on a good day, I would have told you I was going to be a principal the rest of my life. Um, but I think about things and, and I'm all about seizing moments and seizing opportunities. So like my last book that came out in this season is my first book that's not for educators. It's for anybody. And that was just born out of COVID and me just seeing heartbreak and desperation everywhere that I looked. And I wanted to create something that was a source of hope and a source of inspiration and a reminder that you matter. And so I reached out to a couple of my friends. We have art in every chapter. It's not meant to be read from cover to cover. It's more like a devotional book. You find a word that speaks to you. You have a page story, poem, article, activity with art that goes along with, like, I wanted something different. And I never had that in my head until COVID hit. Yeah. And then now with all my work being with leadership, whether it's through TEPSA or through my work with Lead On underneath Get Your Teach On, um, I'm actually in the process right now of writing a new book about authentic leadership and, and, and leadership meaning anybody because we're all leaders. So whether that means authentic leadership in your classroom, in your home, in your friendship circles, in your business whatever that leadership looks like, how do, how do you leave a legacy? How do you, how do you have it where people actually want to follow you long-term? Um, and so I'm actually, that's my newest progress project that I'm working on as long as, as, as well as continuing to grow the lead on brand and impact leaders across the nation um, through that conference. So. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. And I actually going to ask you about your newest book because I know you're writing one, uh, but thank you for, uh, filling it in there and giving yeah. a teaser for our listeners uh, because they're always looking for the next uh, book to pick up. And uh, so on, on that note, how can, how can the audience, you know, audience have heard a bunch of awesome, cool stuff that you've done in the past, what you're going to be doing. A lot of them are like screaming their heads off. How can I connect with Todd? Like, where do I, yeah. you know, do I follow him on LinkedIn or, you know, Twitter? Or mm -hmm. What's your go-to platform and how would you like your followers and the listeners to reach out to you and maybe take your advice or pick your brain for something you know a problem that they're trying to solve so I'm, I'm on every social media platform so you can find me there but what i do is i just tell people just check out my website because when you go to my website it's got my social media links it's got my videos it's got my books my blog uh, my speaking my courses that i have created it's got everything there so that's definitely the best central hub to find what you need so it's just toddnessloney.com that's that's again you know going back to what we told before you know todd has done a fantastic job in collating all that information putting it in one platform and and making it easy for our listeners to really go there uh, toddnessloney.com and mm -hmm. uh, it's as it is spelled uh and this wealth of information there and, and i think he has a lot of uh, inspiring uh, videos for people to take a look and uh, and watch. Uh, but thank you again. Thank you so much for sharing, uh, being generous with your time 
and really connecting with our audience because you know there are people like you who we we really want to shine a light on and and then put on a parasol so everybody can follow you and maybe you know pick a thing or two from today's conversation and run away tomorrow and get something you know change in their schools and their communities uh, which can have positive in fact impact in our children's lives so thank you again todd it was fantastic talking to you uh, any parting words, anything you want to say, leave our listeners with? You know, anytime I talk to anybody, what I just remind them as they leave is that you are exactly where you're meant to be. You're here for a purpose. Um, and the lives you're going to touch on a daily basis are meant to be touched by you. So don't doubt your purpose. Don't doubt the reason why you're there. Um, it's all for a reason. Powerful words there. Thank you, Todd, again. Uh, you've heard it on uh, on on this podcast for the first time, <laughs> but uh, I would like to think that. But thank you so much for sharing those uh, powerful uh, parting words, and wish you all the best. And we look forward to seeing you accomplish bigger and better things in the near future. Thank awesome. you so much. Thank you, Todd. Thank you for your time. Thank you all for listening to Innovators in Education podcast. If you like the podcast and you want to be on the show, please reach out to us through the website. We'd love to hear from you. If you know anybody who else would be a good guest, please tag them on social media. Let them know about us. I always love reading your posts and suggestions, so please keep them coming. And if you've got any takeaways from today's episode, please go ahead and share it on your social media channels because it means a lot to me and my team as we put a lot of work into it. We're putting out regular content like this every week. So please go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss out on any other content. And if you want to know more about what we do, go ahead and uh, go to our website, pickmaker.com. You can follow me on LinkedIn. Thank you for listening. See you next time.